1: That's what they're going for. Um, you can fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. That's a big deal. You can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. That, that personal connection, I believe, to be super important. Again, I'm not a professional. Uh, get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash iFanboy today. You get 10% off your first month. That is BetterHelp. H-E-L-P dot com slash iFanboy.
0: This is iFanboy Media Explode, episode 29, Old Men and Old Movies. The Poseidon Adventure.
2: There's got to be a morning
0: after If we can hold
2: on through the night We have a chance to find the sunshine Let's keep on
0: Welcome to iFanboy Split, episode 29. This is Old Men on Old Movies, The Poseidon Adventure. My name is Connor Kilpatrick. I'm here with Josh Flanagan. I feel old. And Ron Richards.
2: Oh, my back. Uh, Ugh. <laughs>
0: so, uh, let's get started. We are iFanboy, and we talk about comics. We also talk about other non-comics media on this show. That was unlocked by the patrons at patreon.com slash iFanboy. Thanks for being a patron, if you are. And it allows us to talk about things outside the normal show we do. We talk about the new comics every week at the Pick of the Week show. General blanket spoiler warnings for everything we're going to talk about, including this 50-something-year-old movie?
2: 50 I was... 50? T- no, it came out in 72. It's literally Three. 50 years old. 50 years old. No, 72. 72. I looked it up. Yeah. I looked it up. Okay. It's 72. No, Josh, I looked it up. I, I heard you. 1972 film. So this 50-year-old film, spoilers. Connor, do you have the release date and the box office?
0: I have the box office, and I have the Austin Gross's... <laughs>
2: I knew you would. Oh, that's great. Wait, are we getting right into it, or are we no, talking about No, 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 right? we're going to start, as we yeah. always
0: do, with things we've been enjoying since we last spoke, just to get a little warm-up going before we dive into the film review. That's going to be the entirety of this month's show.
2: So we're talking about what we're into, and then we're talking about the Poseidon adventure. Correct. All right. Now, when you say what we're into... Yeah. like. <laughs> Shag rugs. First I get a jar of mayonnaise. Mustache. Turn the music up.
0: <laughs> I'm into silence. <laughs> you know what's hot. Naps. <laughs> Naps and silence. Uh, in silence. An early bed. So I'll start. I feel like. Oh, I know that I watch fewer streaming shows than most people do, but I feel like a good majority of them are all on right now.
2: Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Did you just say you watch fewer streaming shows than most people? Yeah. For sure. Than us or like people in general? People in general.
1: I think. I think that people don't, I think most people don't specify between streaming shows or other shows. They're just shows.
2: Yeah, they're just shows. Yeah. everything's is streaming now. Connor, right. But that's not right. a thing.
1: Sh- things
0: the I point. watch on my Apple TV versus things I watch on my DirecTV DVR.
1: Yeah. Right. you like one of those people who drives around a classic car. <laughs> just well, I mean, It's old. I like it this
0: way. <laughs> <laughs> it works. The shows I want are on there. And I have a hard time keeping track for my DVR. The shows I'm watching are all there on a list. I watch them and I go away. Versus, I have right. to I, I start writing down pieces, random pieces of paper all over the apartment. Like, oh, we got to watch Reservation Dogs. We can't forget about the Good
1: Fight. Like, it's all on random. You have the Watch Now thing under the TV app, which should sort of give you a lineup of what you've been watching. And then my phone actually it reminds me when a new episode of some one of those things comes out. Works for several. Like, you know, it works for Hulu and it works for Apple TV and. Like,
0: yeah, sometimes 100? it does that, but for the most part, I'm constantly having a go. Wait, what are we watching this week? What's on? Well, I mean, I still the, have what that days problem. coming out? There's things like the Good Fight that just came back, which is actually going to watch tonight.
2: So I haven't seen that yet. How
1: long has that show been on? The Good Fight. This five, S- I think season five, six.
2: Season six. It's the oh, last I'm, season.
1: I'm, 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 I think I'm combining it with Good Wife, but yeah,
2: yeah. Right, that's over. I know, but like the very. Long... But this is a spin-off of it. They both have the word "good" in it, so I could see how you got. Oh, and no, actually, fine.
0: when I was writing the shows down, I wrote the Good Wife down on the piece of paper. So I, a I thought that's they funny. were the same
2: universe. They they are in the same universe. They totally are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a spinoff. Yeah, it's like Joni Love Chachi. It's season six and it's the last season.
0: Yeah, and Cobra Kai started back, so that's something I got to watch and things like that. So I'm just trying to keep track of everything. Anyway, one show I have been sort of powering through over the last couple of weeks has been Never Have I Ever on Netflix, which is Mindy Kaling's high school comedy. It's very funny and it's very smart. And I've been enjoying it a lot. It's, again, one of those shows with the half-hour episodes, which is I feel like I'm just unconsciously seeking out now. It's about Indian-American teenage girl in high school and her teenage high school hijinks. One of the smartest and most unexpected things about it, other than the writing is incredibly smart and the performances are incredibly good. But for some reason that's never explained, John McEnroe is the narrator of the show.
2: Really? (laughs) and.
0: (laughs) Uh, He knows knows he's John Rackin. He knows he's narrating a TV show. And and it's very, very funny and weird. That's like my favorite part of the show is it's good. It's very funny. It's very smart. She's terrific. And if you haven't watched a good, smart, modern-day high school show in a while, this is a really, really good one. Half hour? Half hour, yeah.
2: There's a real lack of half-hour shows in my life, so. It's three seasons. I think it
0: was just recently ended, and I watched the first two. It's good. It's very good.
2: Cool. Speaking of half-hour shows, I'm going to pick up the ball that Josh served up a couple of months ago because me and my wife finally checked out The Bear on Hulu. Oh, nice. Which is a half-hour show. And Josh, if I remember correctly, I feel like earlier this summer when the show first came on, you had just started watching it and you're like, there's really something to this show. Yeah, I think I had only
1: watched the pilot when I talked about it so
2: Easily in my top five shows of all year. This show was phenomenal on so many levels. And Josh, shame on you after watching the pilot for not telling me that like they used refused in the first episode the uh, the song new noise by the band refused which is like one of my favorite bands uh-huh. and then josh also like tied in with the music Every like whoever did the music for this show is one of us, right? Because it was like it was like Wilco, REM, Refuse. Like it was just like every episode, except with the with the exception. I think episode two had a embarrassingly large amount of Counting Crows, uh, which is not you know not acceptable. What we're talking about (laughs) is a mid late Gen X person
1: who has a bent towards punk and but you know so everybody from that era has a thing for some pop music that came out, and for this person it was Counting Crows. You know, for yeah. for which so, if they're
0: our age was right when we were in college. So right, it makes exactly.
2: Sense. Oh, so bad. High so bad. Anyway, but I don't want to oh. distract because the show is, has nothing to do with music. That was just purely yeah. the use of music in the show. And this is repeating a little bit what Josh said, but for those who don't know, the show's called The Bear. It's a half-hour show on Hulu, eight episodes in the season, and it's focused on a restaurant in Chicago. And Connor, if you haven't watched it, you should watch it because just for the food stuff alone, and like it's the old school. Kind of neighborhood joint in Chicago. Italian it's called, beef. you know, sh- Italian Beef of Chicagoland. That's the name of it. And as the show develops and unfurls, you find out that the chef, the guy running the restaurant, the chef is a former you know, food and wine magazine, best chef under 21 or under 25 list kind of recipient worked at French Laundry, right? Like has this great whole thing. And turns out his brother owned this restaurant in Chicago and recently killed himself and left this restaurant to his little brother, this renowned chef. And he's come back home and is trying to turn the restaurant around. You've already said
1: too much because it takes a while to learn a lot of that stuff.
2: Well, no, I think as it develops and stuff like that. But but what I find fascinating about the show and why it was so good is that because it's like it was pitched to me as like, oh, you love food, you love restaurants, you got to watch this. But this show, like the the restaurant, is the backdrop. Yes, and it is this show is about family and and dealing with grief and dealing with all of the emotions that come with maturing. Mm-hmm. Right from very different levels, like there are lots of different characters on the show that all touch on this topic and on that on that concept, and it just it blew me away. Uh, easily one of the best shows of the year, yeah, hands down. It,
1: it, I still don't know if I can put my finger on like like I watched the pilot and I was like, there's something I don't know what it is, but yes. as I went
2: through it, I I think
1: that I'm trying to remember the details. It's been a little while, but what I got the sense was that it really respected the viewer, in that yes. it wasn't. Constantly explaining what was going on, you almost had to go through it uh, based on the emotions of the characters because there's a shit ton of subtext all the time. Mm. It's not very clearly laid out, but not in a bad way. And one of the other things I really liked about it was that, based on the uh, the first and second episodes or whatever, it's really easy to go, These characters are terrible, just across the board. And then by the end, They haven't changed the way they've acted, but you have changed the perspective from which you've seen them. And so, for example, Cousin, I can't remember his name.
2: Oh, he's so good. That guy is so good. No, he was amazing.
1: But at the beginning, you're like, why are you keeping him at the restaurant? And he's a complete fuck up. But then by the end, you're like, I get it. I I totally get it. And it just, the whole thing had a, a texture to it. Like it felt like I mean I don't I've never lived in Chicago but I was like this feels like a different place from where I am all across the board you know that like the personalities were really interesting and and just atypical for what you expect to see on TV a lot yeah. I, I really enjoyed the shit out of it especially yeah. by the end I, I was I was I was and it was just, like you say half an hour eight episodes it was just I was like that's it and I was like I think I'm cool yep. with that for now the second to last episode. Oh, the short
2: one. It was a short one. I think it was maybe 23 minutes or something like that. But Connor, it's... It's one mm-hmm. continuous uninterrupted shot. It was amazing.
0: Yeah, I have heard about that. Yeah, it
2: was amazing. It was so so good. And then this, the last the, the last episode was like north of forty minutes as they wrap that mm-hmm. up and stuff like that. But like this show was so good. Like, and it's funny because me and my wife don't binge shows. Like we we mm-hmm. space them out. So like we watch the we watch an episode of the Bear, then we'll wait a couple of days. And as we were getting closer to the end, she's like, "Do you want to watch the Bear?" I'm like, "I kind of don't because I don't want it to be over." Mm-hmm. Like it was that yeah, kind yeah, of thing yeah, yeah. where I kept on. I was trying to stretch out the time that we had with it. It got renewed for a second season. Actually, our buddy Hank, who's from Chicago, he and I were texting about it. And he said his friends who work in TV in Chicago are excited that it got renewed because it's one of the only shows in Chicago that films indoors in the winter in Chicago. <laughs> <laughs> well,
1: yeah, those are all cop and fire shows. So yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. I feel like I told him for like on
2: text, I was like, you should check this
1: show out. And then yeah, just, so did I. I it, yeah.
2: So, uh, yeah, Connor, I, I would definitely, I would suggest you, you watch it, you know, ha- eight episodes, half-hour episodes on average, but so, so good, so layered, such good writing, and the guy who plays Richie, or cousin, is, is Justin, you'll recognize him, and he is fantastic. You'll
1: recognize him as John Quincy Adams from HBO's
2: John Adams. There it is. Mm. <laughs> but, yeah, I can't recommend it enough. So, cheers to the bear, conversely, jeers to A League of Their Own on Amazon, which has been my wife's pick to watch, and each episode is worse than the one before it. Is they Is there it. crying? No, no, oh. there's no crying. There should be crying, huh. as my wife put it. This is a mediocre show, and it sure is. So. <laughs> mediocre is
1: almost worse than bad.
2: Well, I
0: mean, yeah. the thing is, you know, it came out with a lot of press for it. Again, with all these streaming shows, it comes out, you get a lot of press that weekend, and it's never heard from again. And that's yeah. kind of this show fell into that black hole of content that the bear. A lot of these shows go into that. Yeah. You just I, I, like you told me about. It, I was like, oh right, that show is out, right? Forgot to watch it, and now I've, you
2: know. And it's also funny, because even, like, about the bear, like, Josh, you talked about it. I was, I mean, I was actively watching shows on Hulu all summer and saw it. The key art, or the the banner Mm -hmm. artwork for the show was not engaging at all. Mm Mm-hmm. Right? The name of the show, The Bear, like didn't really tell me. Like, like, and, and the it, beef. It, it took, it, it took, it took, yeah, if they called it The Beef, I would have been there. It took jo- me remembering you talking about it, Josh, and then my dad watching it and saying, oh, it's really good. Then my sister saying, based on my dad's recommendation, yeah. saying it's really good. That's what took us to find, like, well, let's check it out. And then afterwards, we couldn't stop watching it. So it's like fascinating think, this, in this time of streaming what it takes to get you to actually yeah. commit to watch a show. I right? think I and caught so- like
1: one of the trailers before some other show on Hulu, and that's what got me. I was yeah. like, that looks interesting, but I, again, I couldn't yeah. put my finger on why. Well, it's tough
0: because we were discussing earlier today, as we record this, that they announced that Paper Girls on Prime was canceled. Another Amazon, Brad yeah. K. Vaughan show canceled after, after one season. And there's too many shows and too many outlets. And yeah. nothing, hardly anything, like 1% of what comes out can catch on in any kind of way where people talk about it and it becomes a thing. Like It's just so much harder to get people's attention now when you're one show out of 700 now, no. and they're on 15 different places you can watch a show. It's just so hard.
2: Yeah.
0: I think that's what people tend to say. Yeah. Because, you know, how many shows come out where people are like, you got to watch this? It's so good. Like, yeah, yeah, there are a lot of good shows. But oh, It used
1: to be too much. 15 years ago, it was too many. I remember people like, yeah. oh, yeah, no, I know. I got to watch The Wire or whatever. And now it's like that times 30. It's, yeah, it's totally. insane.
2: But that said,
1: Connor, you got to watch The bear. <laughs>
2: Me and Josh are both telling you, like, you got to watch the show. Right.
1: Same vein. I just finished season three of For All Mankind on Apple TV+. Oh, your favorite show. It might well be. And it was yeah. exactly the same thing that you were talking about. So what happened was I had watched the first season as soon as we got Apple TV+. It's like, that looks interesting. And I just thought it was a regular space show uh, co-created by uh, Ronald D. Moore. It ain't regular. It's about chicks. <laughs> no, it's, it's not just. It's it's just a more integrated. The show is an alternate history of what would have happened in the space race and every season is a different decade and so the first season was the 60s into the 70s and then the 80s was the next season and this was the 90s and so they jump forward every time but the world changes according to the things that went differently and just to to, at the end of the first episode basically apollo 11 goes up we find out that the russians beat them to the moon and the story goes from there but other than that it's all real you know the hard sci-fi kind of thing I watched it when the first season came out the second season, out, and, and Lindsay was watching. She started watching the, she watched the first and second seasons, and I waited to watch the third season so she was done so we could watch it together. So she knew what had happened in it a lot more than I had. But it was the same thing where I would finish one, and I'd go, let's stop. Yeah. And, and then as we got down to like 7, eight, nine, 10, I was like, I want to watch the next one so badly right now, but I don't want this to be over. Let's stop. This season is about the 90s, and it is a race to Mars, more or less. But the whole time I was watching this this show, I thought, oh, this is what Battlestar Galactica used to feel
2: like. Oh, that's a good feeling. And I was like, and it, I think it's better. The same guy, though, right? Yeah, yeah. but but yeah. like,
1: you're just your powers are better. Like, you know, Battlestar Galactica spun out of control at some point, you know, and there was all of this different intrigue and stuff going on. It's just, it's super... Dramatic, And at times it's just enough melodrama, just enough TV style melodrama to keep you interested. Not like HBO, like, like they put some boobs in there. It's just like, why would this person do that? And you get sort of caught on that thing. And there's, you know, international in- intrigue between Soviet Russia. You know, the USSR never goes out of business in this show because they won the space race to start with. And so it's a different sort of setup. So the we recognize the world as our own, but this little thing's different. Technology is a little further ahead in this world. You know, they have video calling much earlier than we would, but they don't have, you know, they have just flip phones at this point. It really was the thing where, like, the end of every episode, you would know it was coming and you were going to be put on the cliffhanger and you did. And there was just all of the, it was, I mean, huge elements of the Martian and apollo 13 and you know everybody getting together to this season sort of took a different direction than the season before it like the other seasons things started out normal and then by the end everything went to hell this was like you thought everyone was going to fight and then they all had to come together to cooperate on the thing which i like really though remarkable show it's so so compelling it's that kind of hard sci-fi i really like i don't know that there's anything new I mean, it's, some of the space stuff feels very familiar. We've seen it, but I, I love that genre, so I'm totally cool with it. But the dramatic and character element, there's some just wonderful characters that go through there. One character has space madness. I love space madness, where somebody just goes crazy in space. <laughs> it's like I was like, that guy's fucked up. He's got the space madness. Um, and was like, what is that? And I was like, shh, 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 space madness. Quiet, it's happening now. There's a guy who has space madness in the first season. And then somebody else who's related to that guy gets Space Madness in the third season.
2: Is it in their family? Yeah, I yeah.
1: gets Space Madness. But, you know, like, and even the stuff that's kind of dumb at the beginning, you're like, why are they doing this? And then it, it it pays off. And I think that's the thing. You remember when you watched the miniseries for Battlestar Galactica, and she kills the baby? Yep. And then, like, at the end, they win, right? It was that first miniseries, that th- or what are the three hours at the beginning, however they split it up, and like it ended like, oh, my God, like the bad guys won. This show's like that. It's got that feeling. It's just fantastic. I remembered really liking it. By the end of this third season, I was all in. I was like, this would be like a top five show. I, I, I wouldn't miss this next season for anything. Cool. Is it the final season next season? I don't know. I know there's another one. I know it was renewed. I mean, it's interesting because as they go decade by decade, next season would be in the teens. And then theoretically, we would catch up to present and, that and then I think the season after that, if it was a season six, they'd be ahead of us. And I think that'd be really interesting.
0: That would be. It's like their own crown. Yeah. Yep. Can I jump back for a second? Because I forgot one that I wanted to mention.
2: Jump back, and then I want to go back to this topic.
0: Josh mentioned on the last show Blackbird on Apple TV+. and I watched it after he mentioned it, and it was really good. Josh was correct. Cool. And But it was funny, because remember when Apple TV started, didn't they announce that they were going to be kind of more wholesome and not, not allow nudity and edgy adult behavior on their
2: shows? Is there nudity in this one? little
0: bit it opens with a very graphic sex scene i was like oh i guess oh. that thing never happened that policy because
2: how graphic there were no balls uh, yeah uh, <laughs>
0: it, was a, it started on a close of balls and it pulled out <laughs> anyway it was a very good and Why? creepy what are you into <laughs> so very, Yeah, we were going to talk about what we were into very good and creepy true story i had to watch it during the day because
1: yeah the
0: storyline was very dark
1: isn't what's his name incredible
0: Everyone was incredible and yeah. everyone was incredible. The yeah. three the three or four leads, Greg Kinnear, yeah. the Persian cop, and then Tarant Edgerton Elton. and yeah, Elton Paul. John. Yeah. That's the name. Oh, yeah. Paul, whatever. They're all very, very good. I was impressed by all of them.
1: Yeah, it's true. Yeah.
2: So can we go back, because you're talking about Ronald D. Moore and Battlestar Galactica, a little trip down memory lane or nostalgia lane. It's been so long. But when you think of Battlestar Galactica, what memories of that show jump out with you, like, without even thinking about it, like, you know, kind of like uh, lightning round style. Battlestar Galactica, what do you remember from the show? Gaius Baltar's frenzied eyes. <laughs>
0: Connor. Honestly, I remember watching it with you guys at Josh's house every
2: Monday. No, but I'm talking about specifically from the show.
0: I know. I'm trying to think of the show. I mean, the show kind of left left my consciousness a little bit.
2: That's what I think was interesting, because when Josh started talking about Battlestar Galactica, I immediately thought of – first I thought of the character who got fat – which made Josh laugh so much for some reason. Oh, <laughs> yeah. oh yeah. Matt Leodama. Leodama. Yeah, Leodama. yeah. <laughs> and then, then secondly, I I remembered when the trial of Baltar when he tried to get stabbed and it didn't work and he killed the guy and called him Butterfingers. <laughs> I see. I don't remember a lot of details about I it. I don't either. I, yeah. I did like. I remember that detail. <laughs>
1: I remember that. I mean, actually, it's it's really kind of sad. But when you asked me about it, I remember I was like, oh yeah, the end. Was really unsatisfying and yeah. weird. Then I also the other side of it is I remember the miniseries, which just was completely out of nowhere. Like blew my ass away. And then I remember the first episode, 33. What are you into? <laughs> um,
0: <laughs> I remember watching it out of order. I got the oh my god! I got the series on Netflix. You know, back then, and I remember watching the first episode. I watched was that thirteen minutes episode,
1: thirty three minutes,
0: thirty three minutes. Where that was they, the you first know, episode, bef- like after the miniseries. Right. What I mean is, I didn't watch the miniseries first. Mm-hmm. I watched the first couple of episodes and I was like, wait a minute, there's something before this, and I have to go back into the miniseries.
1: But that episode, I think, is great. a classic episode yes. of TV. That was like, that's one of those ones that'll always stick with me.
0: That's why it didn't matter that I didn't know what was going on, because, like, this yeah. is so amazing.
1: That was their Pine Barrens.
0: Yeah. And they basically let off with it.
1: Yep. Hmm. Yeah. yeah.
0: So, yes, Ron, we were all adults, don't remember any details about Battlestar Galactica.
1: What year was that? Yeah.
0: Three? I have no two, idea.
1: Two, three? Started?
0: We used to go to Josh's house on Monday, and we would watch Battlestar, and we'd watch Studio 60.
1: No, we would watch and Heroes, Heroes and Studio 60. Heroes. I don't remember us watching Battlestar together. We did. I'm not disagreeing with you. I'm saying I so did They were all on Mondays. It. Huh. Yeah. But it must have been near the end, then, for that.
0: Yeah, it was definitely near the end. I think we yeah. watched the finale at your house.
1: Maybe. Anyway, is the game over? Who won?
0: <laughs> Ron? Ron? <laughs> What? You said it was the Battle Stars of Star Who won the game? Oh, that's the
2: game. Yeah. No, that's all. It was the game that wins. Oh, is it like the game, game that we all have. <laughs> the first all right, season so... <laughs> two season
1: we all won, Fatly Adama shows up. They never addressed it. It's just like it some time has gone by, there. he's overweight now.
2: Oh. <laughs> so anyway, I just like I like, I like this kind of like a, you know, down memory lane of a show that we all love that I haven't thought about in a year. Do you still like, think, you I still
1: think that? that show's new though. Yeah. What do you think? I think it's new. Like, it's not new, but it's... It's up- not new at all. like no, I, 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 I understand it's that, but, like, there's a generational yeah. thing, and it's like, if it was after The Sopranos, it's a new show. You know, like, that split in network versus cable, that's, like, those are the eras. And I know that's not correct, but it's just how it's going to be.
0: That split was in the 90s.
1: What? That split yeah, was but, in the 90s. Well, like, Sopranos started in 99, and, like, right. it really took off, and then cable, we'll say that The Shield was the first time that that jumped over to sort of basic cable, like, that's the era that I'm talking about. Right. The golden age of television, kind of. Not golden age. What do we call it? We say that's the golden age? That'd be the 50s. Yeah, golden age-ish. The new golden yeah. age, was not Yeah, there you go, whatever.
0: All right. Let's talk about the movie. Let's do our Old Man and Old Movies segment. Old Man and Old Movies. There's three of us. Uh, this oh, is our so good. This is our yearly segment, or semi-regular. We've been doing it yearly, in which we review an old film. So what I'll do is I'll give you the, the stats on the film, and then we'll jump into what we thought about it. So we were talking about the Poseidon Adventure from 1972, which was based on the novel by Paul Gallico from just a few years prior, directed by Ronald Neame, with writing by Sterling Siliphant and Wendell Mays, and produced by disaster movie maven Irwin Allen, who directed the The sequel. King. The King. Did you guys know there was a sequel?
2: I did. Did you know the I sequel
0: didn't... takes place immediately after this movie ends, as the helicopter flies away? I did not. I did not. I didn't know that either. <laughs> I was reading a Wikipedia page. <laughs> Music was by John Williams, I noted. I knew that. I, I noticed that. that. So this movie garnered nine Academy Award nominations. I knew that. And won two of them for Best Song, Best Visual Effects. special Visual Effects, totally awesome. We got a Best Supporting Actors nomination for Shelley Winters. And the rest were all production-related, art direction, editing, cinematography, costumes, score, sound. So it would have been one of the top nominated films of the year, of that year.
2: It was a great time in movies where it was like the emergence of the disaster film as a genre.
0: Yeah. But this was like a major... I mean, mm-hmm. all of the... You know, they had that formula down there. We're now in formula, which was to... Cast a bunch of big actors in a disaster film But this one really, you know, nine Academy Awards That's, that's, that's nothing to right. sneeze at Even if they're mostly production Right So at had a $4.7 million budget Which in today's dollars is $31 million Which is low Wow And it grossed, get this $125 million in 1972 Which is huge back then Which is equivalent to $838 million Take that, Top Gun Maverick Right and that's why I always hate those articles. Top Gun Maverick is the top gross movie of all time. No, do the no. fucking,
1: change it for inflation. <laughs> I just figured out what Connor's into.
0: Inflation. I'm into inflation. I'm, I'm really happy right now. Things are going great in my life. <laughs> <laughs> so question for you guys. Had either of you seen this before?
2: I have seen parts of it. I don't think I've ever sat down and watched the whole thing. Yeah, no. So, like, the shot at the very, very end of Gene Hackman hanging from the thing, I definitely saw. I've seen before. Like, I remember seeing that as a kid. I remember when it was on as a kid, like, parts in the water and, like, stuff like that, and the ballroom. But, like, so I went re-watching it or watching it for the first time ever. I felt very, it felt recognizable, but I, I don't think I've ever watched it end to end. Josh?
1: Same. Yeah. Uh, I, in fact, I was familiar with it but only like in concept. I feel like I, I haven't really seen much of it. I just knew what it was. Yeah. So
0: I, I'd i never seen it. And I think partially because the title is so misleading.
1: Yes. I was going to say that. I, I, for my whole life, I thought it was a different thing.
0: I always thought it was like a kooky adventure under the sea because it's called the Poseidon adventure. It yep. should be called the Poseidon disaster or something even worse. Right. And so I went into this with the wrong mindset. <laughs> At one point, you know, the credits are rolling and it's listing out the actors and we should we can we can list them out in a second and at one point, I get, it's like, and Leslie Nielsen, and my wife goes, oh, it's a comedy. I went,
2: no. Oh, no, No, yeah. it's not. Well, that's why I thought it was funny, and, and like we laughed when it came up, because sure. in the opening credits, it says, and, Le- and Leslie Nielsen as co- the captain. <laughs> right. And of course, our first laugh is because our generation thinks of Leslie Nielsen as comedy, right. but we know he's not.
1: Well, so. yeah, but to, to be fair, he did not perform any differently in this than he would have. It was <laughs> no, just that was the genius. context and the words he said.
2: <laughs> so jumping into it, I was
0: totally unprepared for how fucking harrowing this movie was and how sad and how emotional. Like I this movie fucked me up. This was really good and I was not prepared for like sad hippie singer girl and a dead brother and all the dead oh, like, I was not prepared was, for any of this.
2: That was rough. That was definitely I thought rough. this was
0: going to be a wacky adventure under the sea.
2: Oh no, no, it was heavy. It was he- it was and like and it was funny is that when the movie starts like they start you know like, like it's very I don't want to say simple, but the movie opens and you slowly get introduced, not slowly, but very quickly get introduced to all the players. And I knew Gene Hackman was in it, and I even said to my wife, I was like, oh, get ready for some good Hackman, right? Because, you know, like 1972, young, yelling Hackman.
0: First of all, young Hackman is our
2: age. Yeah.
0: And also, I think he was born that way.
2: I don't yeah, think I've ever so seen too.
0: him look any different or younger than wh- how he looked in this movie.
2: But when the movie started, I didn't know he was a he, like he's a preacher. I know that no, was He's, no, a, mini- like, he's a minister. I was like, what? He's a minister? What?
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, uh, Josh, what? I mean, what did you like? You're the, you're the disaster expert.
2: I didn't love it.
1: Interesting. Wow. I thought it. I thought it had a lot of the elements of the era that made it slightly less realistic, I suppose. Like, everything was big. They were performing like like an older studio movie, whereas, I don't know, I feel like The Towering Inferno didn't do it quite so much, but I don't know that that's true. It was like, I had to adjust my expectations. I I really like watching a movie from, you know, 50 years ago and, and having to be like, oh, wow, they played this really naturalistically, but they didn't play this naturalistically, and it was... It's just an adjustment for me. If everything was a little like amped up and everybody was, there were archetypes and I don't know, like I, I, I thought it was really interesting in terms of a piece of like culture. Like, oh, this was, this was the way that you wanted to present this, you know, this thing at this time, but everything was just like a little over the top.
2: Well, yeah. Well, I mean, Which I'm isn't sure. necessarily bad. Well, that, that's why I went back. Well, that, why I struggled with describing it as being simple, because it f- it felt very unsubtle. Yes. Right? Like, every character was this type of character and uh, very much that type of character. And nothing else. Like, and yeah, nothing else. Yeah. Right. Exactly. So, so yeah, like, yeah, uh, yeah. what's
1: her name? The singer. N- Noni? Is that Noni? Noni, Noni yeah, yeah. Noni. She just yeah. screams at everything. Right, like, a yes. useless <laughs> screaming woman. Like, that's what she was. Well, her brother just died.
0: Yeah, she's traumatized. I
1: get it. They're
0: get it. all traumatized. The kid was the kid, so... The kid,
2: by the way, I kept, I spent the entire movie waiting for the kid to die. He dies in the book. And what's so funny is that, like, that kid is every kid in every 70s movie. That was the central casting little
1: white boy in 70s <laughs> Right, time. exactly. Like, the, right down to the raspy voice. I was like, Jesus. Yes. It, I, what and the, and is, the buck I was like, teeth. I was like, <laughs> that's Bart Simpson. <laughs> yes, no no exactly. like the way that he talks I was like oh yeah, yeah. Bart Simpson came from 70s freckle boys
2: You're right you're right Exactly I was I was amazed I was excited to see Grandpa Joe from Charlie and the Chocolate Factory Yeah right away That was nice mm-hmm. and then and then I spent the whole time trying to recognize uh, his wife, because I was like, I've seen this woman before. And then I was like, Oh, she was in Pete's Dragon. And my wife just looks at me. She's like, You mean Shelly Winters? And yeah. I was like, Yes. Shelley. She was, she's like, You didn't recognize Shelly Winters? I'm like, She was in Pete's Dragon. And she, she was just, great. She was I great. I thought she
1: was really good and she's super interesting. But at the same time, like, she kept giving up. I can't do it. <laughs> I'm too fat. Like, just yeah. kept mentioning how fat and old she was. I was like, I looked her up. I was like, You're 50. You're fine, yeah. you know? Actors, no. though, they're actors, yeah. they're playing different, yeah. they're playing older. No, yeah. I, I get it, I get it, but it was just like, they, I think that Ron, you know, Ron sort of is like, they found their their bit and they stuck to stuck it. Stuck to it. Like the, and you over.
2: had, and like what was great was that we get introduced to Ernest Borgnine and his wife when she's seasick at the beginning mm-hmm. of the thing and you get a sense of like, oh, he's a, he's a loud guy and he's, and she's the wife and blah, blah, blah. And then, she gets. It's now New Year's Eve on the boat, and they're getting ready, and they've got seats at the captain's table. And turns out she doesn't want to go because he's a cop, and she's a former streetwalker <laughs> that he married. And I was and like, someone this rec- is... she's sure that somebody <laughs> recognized her. <laughs> she's afraid someone. Yeah, someone recognized her on the boat, and I was like, and I was like, this is a subplot that I did not see coming, <laughs> she... and they never, never revisited ever. <laughs> this is Rogo. Yep. she was
1: probably the most nuanced of the characters. Yes.
2: <laughs> and she was
1: kind of interesting. She was all over the map. You
2: couldn't pin her down. And he was also, conversely, not nuanced at all. Not at all. Well, there Burg like, like, yeah. Borgnine.
0: He plays it to 11. That's what he does. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not... Totally agree with you guys. I think that in a film like this you are relying on archetypes so that you can yeah. be plot heavy. I mean this is a plot heavy movie with 8 main characters. It's not like Yeah, well, it's I, not like I, The Rock where he is the only guy fighting the tsunami so you can really delve into his character. You don't have time for 7 character studies on the, when they're trying to get to the
2: bow. Don't get me wrong, Connor. I'm not complaining about it. I liked it. I liked yeah. it. I, I really liked the movie, and I liked the fact that, like, oh, that's this person, and that's this person. That's the role they're going to play. And meanwhile, Red Buttons is the heart of the movie. Mr. Rubidoux yes. never yeah. took his tie off. Never took his tie off, was polite to everybody, helped Noni. Like, it's uh, terrible yeah. what Dr. Carter did to him later so
1: <laughs> let's let's mention
0: the cast so we, we didn't mention the cast so gene hackman's the star is the reverend ernest borgnine's the cop red buttons is the former haberdasher the bachelor by the way
2: the bachelor, the bachelor who never
0: had time for a wife because yeah, he was yeah. he was married to the store yeah. uh, noni was the hippie singer roddy mcdowell was acres the uh was the, the waiter the kitchen worker a little old for that but that's fine yeah. stella stevens was uh the the former streetwalker. the wife of the cop playboy playmate stella stevens Shelley Winters and Jack Albertson were the married couple who were just retired from their hardware business and were going to see their grandson in Israel. That was sad. Pamela Sue Martin was the teenager who was there with her brother, Robin, played by Eric Shea. And then Leslie Nielsen was the captain, the doomed captain, who just wanted to get some goddamn ballast in his ship. But the lawyer from Jurassic Park wouldn't let him.
2: So now here's the question, right? So we get introduced to the ship, and it's an old ship. This is its last voyage. There's new ownership, and they're just trying to get it into dock so that they can start taking it apart. Allegiant. And the, the trip is three days behind, and every day at a behind schedule is costing them money, so he wants them to go full speed, even though the ship doesn't have enough ballast. Lenarkos. the totally Lanarkos, stereotypical right. Greek Money yep. grubbing. <laughs> I was like, "Oh!" <laughs> and so, so they're plugging along on New Year's Eve, and they get a report that there's been a sea quake. Mm-hmm. and and it was it was an abnormally high Richter scale. Like, like they yeah, said the like, number.
1: Like, do you know the part? There's a part in Godfather Three. When they say how much money hasn't been embezzled, and it's a comedically large number. Yeah. I don't remember, but it like, that (laughs) was the moment. Right. That was like the the moment the movie fell apart. But in this, they were like, it's been an 8.7. I
2: was like, that's (laughs) not good. Right. <laughs> it's not it's not going to come by in one wave, big guy. <laughs> and so then and then there was an aftershock and you know so they see it on radar or on sonar, right? And they see this like big thing coming towards them and <laughs> Leslie Nielsen as the captain commands the ship to hard left and the ship takes a left and my and then the wave hits them and they capsize and that's the whole disaster and the ship turns upside down. My initial thought was If they just stepped on going straight, would they not have capsized with turning left? That's literally what you're supposed to do is go straight into the wave. I mean, like, I know that. Okay, (laughs) yeah, that's
1: what I thought. Okay, good. But they were running without ballast, so they were hot. I don't know. It doesn't make sense. They're top heavy. I suspect that Leslie Nielsen was not a fully qualified captain. (laughs) I also think he might have been drunk. (laughs) Oh, sure. But when they took (laughs) command away from him, he's like, fine, fuck you then. Yep. (laughs) Even ships
0: should never go out when they're about to retire like cops in movies.
2: Yeah, yeah, that's true. What you get is the disaster film is this... Um... Ragtag group of survivors. Yeah, so the, the ship is now capsized. It's turned upside down. They're in the ballroom for the New Year's Eve party, and the purser is there, or the burser, whatever. Uh, no,
1: the purser, I was about to say, he was my favorite character in the entire thing. <laughs> because he just had complete confidence and it backed up by nothing.
2: Yep. And he said stay here they'll come get us and what should we call it? And Gene Hackman cuz in part of this also was that Gene Hackman gave a controversial sermon earlier in the day mm-hmm. where he said you can't turn to God to save your problems, you need to save yourself. And that became the the very unsubtle theme of this where now there's the boat is upside down. They're stuck in this room, and the the purser is saying, "Stay here." And Gene Hackman's like, "No, we got to help ourselves. We got to get out of here." And thus, you know, the the small ragtag group. And meanwhile, the majority of the other passengers all choose to stay behind, and of course, perish. So, yeah, that's but, the classic uh, disaster yeah. film
0: conundrum in which there's yeah. two. There's a choice, right? It's like the day after tomorrow, where the the group leaves the library instead of the people that stay behind. The people that leave all die. Like it's like you're in faced that instance, with a choice.
1: Gene Hackman would have left and froze to death.
0: Right, <laughs> but. It allows you to, as the viewer to be like, okay, what would I do in this situation? Would I, yeah. obviously, I know to go with Gene Hackman because this is the movie, but like, would you be like, I oh, don't know, we'll just stay here hoping for rescue? Or do we, you know, their whole plot is to get, now the boat's flipped, they got to get to the engine room and find the thinnest metal, which is around the propeller. And some, I guess Gene Hackman's character was in the Navy because he knew a lot about he knew ships. knew a lot. Yeah. And so did the kid, but the kid, I understand they, they set that up for the kid to know a lot because he was a boat nerd, but Gene Hackman's character seemed to know everything about boats right away. But it allows you to go, okay, do I go with them or do I stay? And then later on, they, they reach another group of people who are going to the bow. And it's like another choice of do I go or stay? That always happens in the disaster film is do I stay or do I go or what do I do? Right. Ironically, and I don't want to keep talking about the book because I've I read the book, but I did read about it. I guess it ends in a somewhat comedic, ironic beat where all the people that went to the front with the doctor lived yep. and were fine and never had a problem. They were not, they're not like all bloody and beaten like the other group. That's fucked. Like, they meet each other, and they like, hey, we're fine. We get to the front, and we got rescued. So that this is a series of, like, you know, they get to one place, but then they're stuck. They got to get around it, and the water's coming up, and then somebody gets killed. And, then, you know, so there's a series of events that lead them all the way to the top of the boat, which is or was the bottom of the boat, to survive. And I found it very harrowing, you know, just, yeah. just the idea of it, the claustrophobia of it, the feeling that like there's no way out. And even when you get to the top, what
2: then, Right. Right. The irony of this is that the annoying kid, they laid the groundwork early on when he sneaks onto the bridge before the tidal wave hits, that he's really into boats and is slowly getting tours of the entire ship, including at some point off camera that we never saw, but they just talk about one of the engineers took him down to the engine room and showed him everything. So the kid knows the ship inside and out and was able to say that the engine room in the bottom of the ship has only got, you know, one inch plates so they could cut through that, which at that at that point, I was like, that that's crazy. <laughs> you know, it's the thinnest portion of the ship versus the several inch thick other parts of the ship. And the great thing is throughout, as Gene Hackman trying to navigate his way through the upside down ship, he keeps turning to either to Roddy McDowell or to The Kid, of which Ernest Borgnine said, don't listen to The Kid, right? Like, which is, again, very cliche like what does he know and I think it was more know. like don't oh, listen to the kid but that also reminds me of the point that my wife made while we were watching it she just kept on pointing out every point in the film she's like well we're dead here well we're, we're dead here like she's like, just like, like pointing out how quickly we perish in this disaster like you two specifically yes us two specifically okay. like <laughs> would you have left would you have gone with him I like to think I would have. I like but to yeah. think I'm a man of action, but I also don't think, I, like, when they go through the kitchen with all those flames and the dead bodies, I, I, I'm out.
1: No, but the thing that I actually really liked was that, like, they left the dining room and the people died immediately.
2: Yes. So there wasn't, <laughs> like, like, there wasn't
1: like, the dual story where, like, here's what's <laughs> happening to these people and them. It was, like, last one is barely up the
2: tree Yep, <laughs> and they're dead. What I also really like is that Gene Hackman gives an impassioned speech to them to all have them all come with him. They decide not to. They die immediately, and he stands and watches it happen, and then slowly closes the door and walks away. <laughs> <laughs> He's seen some shit.
0: He must yep. have been in Korea.
2: He was not okay.
0: What I really liked about the movie, and a lot of seventies movies, is that it's full of seventies faces. Yeah, sure. There's not a single like square jawed chiseled hero. Action character in this movie You've got Gene Hackman You've got Ernest Borgnine You've got Red Buttons You've got Roddy McDowell Who's like the closest thing To a heartthrob in the movie You have Jack Albertson These are all like Faces That have seen yep. shit And Gene Hackman is the Quote unquote romantic lead You know he's this hero and A priest Susan has a little bit of a crush on him
2: Also by the way He's a priest who At the New Year's Eve party Had not one Not two <laughs> But three women around him yes. So <laughs> Wasn't he defrocked? He was the frock, yeah. Yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah. I just love that you get these movies where you have these great actors, and it's, there's no like guy with abs and great hair. It's, it's like, yeah. you know, you've got Ernest Borgnine and Gene Hackman anchoring this giant picture, yep. which was great. I love that about the 70s movies.
1: I think that it was all very harrowing, but there was a thing at the end where they get to the last bit where they're about to go out of there where they need to go, and there's hot steam coming out. And I was like, that's yep. a video game thing. And they're like, we can't do it. And then Gene Hackman jumps on it and pulls it down and the hot steam is blowing on him for about five minutes. And then he hangs on. I was like, I think if you'd all jumped through there quickly, you'd have been all right.
2: Well, we don't know how hot that steam was. Well, he hung on for a long time. What I really enjoyed, and spo- I know Connor gave the spoiler warning, but spoiler is that at that point, we've had several members of our uh, Fellowship of the Ring uh, die, uh, yeah. including Shelly Winters, you know, and you know, it's all getting very, very emotional. And the ship rocks an explosion and the whole thing shakes. And then the former streetwalker, Ernest Borgnine wife, falls to her death. And that's Gene Hackman's breaking point. And he starts yelling at God. And he's saying, "How much is enough?" You know, you, you took you took Mrs. Uh, Shelley Winter's life, and you took that person's life, and now this girl—whatever <laughs> her name <laughs> was—which meanwhile, seconds before this speech, Ernest Bergnine is yelling her name over and over and over again, and all Gene Hackman can refer to her as this girl. It's a very stressful <laughs> situation. He couldn't learn his lines.
0: <laughs> so Remember much- her—the one from Craft Service Table
1: one of the things i love about these movies and i'm actually i mean this in like sort of a sort of ironic way but it's part of the formula is that when somebody dies terribly the next scene most people have already moved along right that's a coping mechanism no right? I, I know i know it's it's a thing where, like they just get better but it's like moments later and it's like you, you just lost your wife he's cool yeah. now they, they've they've advanced to the next they actually level. didn't do that with him though he was, neither, he, was yeah, neither he was one upset, of those yeah. guys no really... i know he almost stayed behind
2: well, I kept on waiting for him to die. Like, that was the thing, right? Like, you, you thought he was going to go. Did all the men, most of the men survived, right? And the women died. Well, died. Acres died. Right. right, but he Acres. wasn't with a woman. Oh, yeah, all the wives died.
0: The two couples, yeah. the men survived. Yeah.
1: Yeah. 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 What the fuck?
0: <laughs> I was really impressed with the production design. I thought, I mean, the boat was a boat model in the, in the ocean, but...
2: There was some physics problems. Well, they filmed on the Queen Mary, too, for the boat right. scenes. But the upside-down
0: yeah. boat was cool you know yeah just, they had to sort of figure out a way they could run around this boat while it was upside down
2: well the whole upside down aspect of it like even like changing decks like they had to like you know because you, you, the boat's upside down right so there's a staircase but the stairs are above right. you right so they right. had to figure out how to put, go up the ceiling right those are and like going through the ventilation shaft and like all this sort of stuff like it had a lot of earmarks of great scenes in other disaster and action movies that came after it right i thought the upside down Paradigm made it really, really interesting and stressful. Right. Mm
0: -hmm. Right. And I think that was the moment when they're in the ballroom for New Year's Eve and the wave hits and the boat flips over. So suddenly everybody goes from the floor to the ceiling, which that's a lesson for you kids. If you're ever in a boat that flips over, you got to go with the turn. You got to turn with the spin. Go with the turn. Yep. But that was the moment where we were like, oh shit, this isn't a funny movie. No. But all the people started horrifically dying. That must have been quite the thing to see it in a big theater in the 70s.
2: Having never seen anything like that. Yeah, that was also one thing that struck me too. Was in the ballroom scene when like the boat flips over and like the piano falls on somebody and yeah. like you got people falling to their death and stuff like that. And there's some initial screaming when it happens, and then like this eerie quiet yes. goes over the crowd, and no one is crying or screaming as Gene Hackman's running around trying to move the Christmas tree. And I was and I was just like, I just I'd be I'd be wailing at this point, <laughs> or in
0: total shock, and that's yeah, not saying anything. Yeah, another interesting fact about this movie. It's amazing how popular this is. So. The first time it aired on TV in, in 1974, so two years after it came out, it had a 39, it had a 62 share. Yeah. This it's is, a, 60, it was an immense. percent hit. of the country watched it when it was on TV.
2: Well, I mean, this ties into the, the 1970s cinema kind of situation, right? Where you had like, you know, the, the nascent birth of the 70s of the blockbuster film, right? Mm-hmm. This was definitely one in that story. It's crazy. 62% of the country watched it. Yeah, the highest-rated film ever on TV. Yeah.
1: That was a time where the biggest movie in the world at a given time was also very likely the best movie. Those things are so far apart now. Sure. Yeah. And I think that's really interesting.
0: Yeah, you're not going to see San Andreas get nine Oscar nominations.
1: No. no you don't
2: yeah. like even though it should have. Sure.
1: <laughs> the Godfather today doesn't get to be the biggest movie you know ever made.
2: Right. The fact that this it was a new type of movie and like the production value they'd never seen before and like and like and kind of like you said like it was stressful to watch for yeah. us to like us watch there were moments where I was like nervous because like what's gonna happen and all this sort of stuff one thing and just as we get to what what kind of makes me laugh is they get through the seam and then they get to the room with the one inch plating. And, you know, they hear noise outside, and then all of a sudden there's a, you know, a welding, you know, cutting a hole in it, and it's a rescue group from from Greece or wherever, and then the movie ends. Yeah. <laughs> I was waiting for, like, they went on to do this, or right. this is how, you know, like, some text at the end of the movie, or how many people perished, or, you know, something like that, but, like, roll credits, we're done, they're saved. <laughs> oh, no, th- there was one last line where they said, they said, did you get any of the people from the front of the boat? And they're just like, no. And <laughs>
1: That was super 70s, though. Like, that's how yes. Jaws ended. It was like, yep, shark
2: blows up. All right, we're swimming it's back. It's
0: done. Roll, roll credits. Love that. So yep. I want to just read to you something about the sequel, which, by the way, was a disaster. What it years? was a
2: disaster film, right? Yeah.
0: It made one-tenth of its budget in the box office. It, 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 it had a budget almost three times as big as the originals, and it only grossed $2 million in the box office. Yeah. What studio put this out? 20th Century Fox is a studio. Oh, there it is. Yeah. Laddie, Laddie. In the sequel, which takes place immediately after this movie ends. So you going to just kept watching the next movie. It's about a bunch of like salvage people and people who show up to save people. <laughs> Michael Caine, Sally Field, Telly Savalas, Peter Boyle, Jack Warden, Slim Pickens, Mark Harmon, Shirley Jones, Carl Malden, from nice. year? This was seventy-nine. Gotcha. So like all these people go onto the boat to like, you know, salvage or to try to save people. So they find a bunch of survivors, and then the boat starts to sink. And it's like the same movie, but in reverse. It's weird. Like, why, would they, why did they do, right they do side that? right-side up? No, it's never right-side up. It's just, like, the medics get in. They find the elevator operator, played by Mark Herman. They played a billionaire, played by Slim Pickens, who's holding onto a valuable bottle of wine. And, oh, my God. Why would they do that? That's so dumb.
2: Because <laughs> there's money to, be, money to be made, Connor. Clearly money. not. Money to be lost. Yeah. Loss of it. I liked it. I liked it.
0: My wife didn't like it, not because it was bad, because she wasn't expecting to be upset by the movies. She thought we were going to have a fun time with the movies. I was impressed by it. I was really impressed.
1: I felt like, and this isn't a criticism, I just felt like I was very aware that I was watching a movie from a particular time, so I was like looking to see how they did things. Because it was not done like it's all practical. It's all like it's a big budget by the time, but there's a lot of stuff here. Like they would have fixed that, they would have done that differently.
2: Well, well, that's that's one point I had. I I mean, I didn't lose myself to in the movie. It sounds like the way you did, but that was one thought I had, which is like, oh wow, this is all practical effects. Oh yeah, yeah. like the fire and all that sort of stuff. Like they built a room that was like dangerous to be in, right? All that metal and all that sort of stuff. Like it was a crazy set. They don't do that now. No, no,
0: that'd be all green screen. Yep. Yeah, I enjoyed it. I thought this was a fun, unexpected little adventure into the sea. Are we
1: going
2: to do the remake next? They did already in 2006. I know. I know.
1: Are we going to watch that for the next no. movie? No.
2: It was a TV movie. <laughs> no, it wasn't. That's what it said. No, there's a movie Poseidon that came Poseidon. out in 2006 in oh, theaters. There
1: was, well, there was Poseidon Adventure TV movie. Uh, no. No, this is the remake, the modern. I'm sure the CGI and it is horrendous. Is it the one with uh, Kurt Russell? It's, um, what's his name? I never remember that actor's name.
0: The Poseidon Adventure 2005 TV movie starring Adam Baldwin, Rudger Hauer, Steve Gutenberg, yeah. C. Thomas Howell,
1: Peter Weller. Poseidon 2006 is Richard Dreyfuss, Kurt Russell, Josh Lucas, who was what I was thinking of, uh, Jacinda Barrett from The Real World. Fergie. Oh, my God. Kevin Fergie? Dillon. Fergie? Yeah. Yep, Fergie. Oh, my okay. God. Andrea Brower was in it. I think he was the captain. Yeah, he was.
0: Rudger Hauer played... The Gene Hackman role, but he was Bishop August Schmidt in the TV movie. Jesus.
1: Poseidon has a 5.7 out of 10 on IMDb. Oh, yeah. Not a great rating. Wolfgang Peterson directed it.
2: With these old movies, I like to go to Roger Ebert's website and look up his old reviews. Ooh, good move. Mm -hmm. Yeah. On December 21st, 1972, Ebert gave the Poseidon Adventure two and a half stars. Makes sense. I'm just going to read to you the opening and closing paragraphs. He says, right after Airport came out, somebody suggested a low-budget remake named Carport. It would have involved six people trapped inside a runaway Volkswagen bus with a maniac at the wheel and a midget in the glove compartment with a cherry bomb. After seeing the Poseidon venture, I think it would have worked. There's no way the formula can fail. I mean, that's speed. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> and he said and then he said this is a wonderful formula I love it the Poseidon Adventure is the kind of movie you know is going to be awful yet somehow you got to see it right they ought to be honest in the ads cornier than airport more cliches than Grand Hotel the most character actors in small roles since Slight of the Phoenix bigger ups and downs than the elevator and hotel see Shelley Winters left thigh here. Erd and Smorgnein say do you mean to tell me thrill the Stella Stevens taking off her blouse to use as a bandage weep as Jack Alberson promises to give Shelly Winters underwater swimming medal to their grandchildren in Israel <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I mean, he's not wrong. No, he's not so. wrong about any of those things. Yeah,
1: yep. I think he was just the first to show up by being really snarky. Like he yeah. was the first snarky yes
2: film reviewer. Reviewer, yeah. At least the and biggest, he's not wrong. Biggest one. Yeah,
0: I've never seen Airport. Airport has a great cast: Burt Lancaster, Dean Martin, Gene Seaberg, Jacqueline Bisset, George Kennedy, Helen Hayes, Maureen Stapleton.
2: What's great about Airport is it 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 paved the way for Airplane, right? Which is you know one of the greatest movies of all time. And uh, Leslie Nielsen, which is why we yeah, have well, that. Leslie Nielsen. There Leslie
1: Nielsen didn't actually understand that that was a comedy. He didn't know. <laughs> we have like to get strange. these people to a hospital.
2: What is it? It's a big building with sick people. That's not the point. So <laughs> I, love, I love
0: those jokes. We need to do ratings on the Poseidon Adventure, nineteen seventy-two. Ratings.
2: Ratings. ratings, 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 out of five. Roger Ebert gave it a two and a half. So there's your bar. Ratings. I'm going to give it. I'm going to give it a solid three stars. I'm going to go. Three
1: point seven five. I was gonna say three point five, given context when and where it was. Yeah, three. So that's interesting. Oh, so there you go. There's the
0: Poseidon Adventure. You can watch it on Prime and Apple. I had to rent it on Prime.
2: Yeah, no, it was on. It was free on free. Prime, wasn't it? It was free. I had
0: to rent it. I checked, clicked on it. It said rent cost four dollars.
2: You did the wrong one. There might have been. There was one that was free. Yeah. Connor, did you watch the two thousand six version?
0: Wait, was Kurt Russell
2: in yours? Wait a minute. So the movie I watched had a big burning building.
0: <laughs> was Fred Astaire in yours? Mine <laughs> had The
1: Rock in it, but it was a building in China. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, I tried to watch that one. I couldn't. That was a bad movie. I was like, how bad could it be? And I was like, oh, it's pretty bad. <laughs> it <was> bad. <laughs> All right, so that's it for this month's show, Old Man and Old Movies segment. This has been the Media Splode. You can check out our regular show, The Pick of the Week show on at a fanboy.com. You can listen to Ron's All About Android show, comes out every week. So does the Pick of the Week show. You can be a patron at patreon.com.com. They unlocked this show. They unlocked the Booksplode and talks, Talksplode shows. And we enjoy all these shows, so thank you very much. We'll be back in a month. We don't know what it'll be about,
2: but it'll be fun. Hopefully, you've watched The Bear by that point, Connor. Well, maybe. Yeah. I'm not saying I won't. I know you don't watch a lot of TV.
0: Oh, what I did decide after watching this movie was I've always had a very strong anti-Cruise sentiment, and I'm definitely yeah. not going on a cruise Oh, ever. oh.
1: I'm fully anti cruise. I was before. I am after. I'm I'm definitely definitely. not doing that.
2: By the way, we didn't touch upon the fact that the annoying kid and his older sister were on a cruise from New York to Greece by themselves while their parents were waiting to pick them up in Greece. And I was like, wow, the 70s were crazy. I flew in in 1981. I flew from
1: Maine. I flew? No, from Florida to Maine by myself.
2: That's crazy. Did you have the tag around your neck? A leash? No 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 they do that where they put a thing around the kids and they're like like you know like like i don't remember i do know that you were
1: supposed to be five and so therefore i was instructed to lie because i was four (laughs) and they said how old are you and i said i remember this four i mean five (laughs) but like it was too late to do anything about it
2: It and they just let you on the plane anyway
1: i was yeah they brought me into the cockpit i got the wings the whole thing i remember sitting like i was in the front
0: they ask you about gladiator movies (laughs)
2: <laughs> how did you fl- fly when you're four years old by yourself? To Florida. That's crazy. Yeah, I don't know. It was
0: the 80s. It might as well have been up in the 70s.
2: I mean, like when I was, oh, geez, how, how, what, what was I? I must have been 13 or 14 flying by myself to Ohio to see my sister in college. But I was at least a teenager by that point. Like, I, well, I, you know, I
1: can't imagine. Four. I mean, Not even kindergarten. Yeah. My 12-year-old's a special case. So I'm not going to go with that. I'm an eight-year-old who would be twice the age. I couldn't imagine him.
2: No, I, my kids are three and a half right now. I can't. They, right. I can't let. I can't let them out the backyard by themselves. Like if I was so one year older, that's
1: crazy. I mean, I was a, was a pretty advanced kid, Ron. Ron, oh, as no, an experiment, send your kids to Florida and back. That's a great idea. Let's I just see, see just, how that can, goes. Can, I can, can see, we'll see
2: we'll
0: Remo go, going. That's
1: we'll go, we'll go go, a GoPro to Remo's head.
2: I <laughs> think. I, I think I should drive the
1: plane. <laughs> yeah, but like, like the thing is, it's is, is a couple of things. Okay. I, I remember doing it. I wasn't scared. It was the early 80s. I, can you imagine a corporation taking on that liability right now? That's insane. It's insane. And the rule was the rule was five.
2: Like, that's, that's better.
1: I don't know. But I guarantee you it's 13, 14. Like, it's... I don't know.
0: You are the our generation of lying to fight in a war. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I lied to get on the plane. Like, my kids... Bus driver won't let him off the bus unless they see that I'm here. Right. When I was seven, I came home every day by myself, and I pushed my arm through a glass window and had to get stitches. And I was calling around. I was like, my mom there? <laughs> I'm like, trying to get somebody because I was bleeding everywhere.
0: <laughs> Different time. Different time. <laughs> Different time. I mean, Meanwhile,
2: I was just at home watching Three's Company. Yeah. I mean, I was, I was self-sufficient.
1: There's something sure, about that I can do up. my own laundry From an early age he Shot has a jagged scar On his forearm not in the, I do The, home, the, the, home, blood, lo- the, home the blood loss I do No no I, friendly, I got to the hospital Teagan's dad Showed up eventually Took me to The three what hospitals What was the doctor smoking I said, Something I'm sure but What do got Alright Alright Well the thing was Is that he handed it to me He was like hey, You're gonna need this like, This will make you feel better <laughs> Yeah double couple tokes
0: alright so that was fun so uh, where are we I don't even know let's just say goodbye
1: until right. next time I'm Connor I'm Ron I'm Josh thank you everyone
2: there's got to be